afternoon. How y'all doing? Welcome back to the Two Dope Nation. This is Two Dope Teachers and uh, Mike. My name is Eduardo Munoz. It's your boy, Kevin Adams. And we're back. Coming at you live and direct. Live at the start of the school year. That's it. Can you believe we just had the first day of school? First day. It's like, I, I was I was in this days for half of the day like i couldn't really believe i was here it started it started fast well like last night i was kind of like i gotta work tomorrow i got kids tomorrow i got oh man um so today we'll talk a little bit about the first day of school how all that went yes um we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna just check in however you think on this first day and then we're gonna talk about um an educator for justice focus Kind of what is it that we're accomplishing? We're what, attempting what's to the focus of the work this year? Yeah, what are we what's trying to mission? do this year? I heard there's a school. <laughs> there's a school. You know what their focus is? What? Teaching and learning. Oh my gosh, that's deep. Well, how do they get to that? Point? I don't know, man. You I don't know, like know. They were sitting in a that's meeting a, that, and it was going around, <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, all right." So we talked about data. We talked about student culture. We talked. What if we just focus on teaching and, and learning? learning? Like a focus of yeah. our year is: Are we teaching? Yep. <laughs> Are the kids learning? Actually, I sort of had, I had a more optimistic view of it. Yeah. Like, I also thought that maybe they're like, are is teaching happening? Like, yes, yes. are we teaching, but are they, te- are we allowing the community to teach us? Ooh, are we and learning? Are, are we learning? Teaching and learning. Teaching so and learning. I'm a teacher, but, and I'm going to learn. But it's funny, when somebody puts that out on Twitter, <laughs> it's kind of like, so the focus of your school is teaching and learning? <laughs> I mean... I've seen one of those things happening at a time, but both? Both at the same time? This is a radical idea. Hey, get at us. Tweet us at Two Dope Teachers on, in, on, uh, on Instagram. Tweet us on Instagram. Tweet this us is on how long Instagram. It's That's how it is. Uh, tweet us. That's and sound like me. Instagram us. I know, right? It's got this like, big shift. Um, and, uh, and let us know what the, uh, what, what the weirdest focus that you yes. are dealing with this year. As those of you, thank you for tweeting us with the weirdest sword that your admin is ready yes. to fall on. Or Great stories. Great so stories. the best story, I got to shout this Let's one hear out. It. Let's hear it. The best story was that there was a school, and they didn't name their school. And yes. I don't even know if it's in Colorado. There was a school that banned snowmen. <laughs> we were talking about this. <laughs> now, first of all, I, I am imagining a conversation in August when it's like this? scorching hot. And the, one of the first things the principal says is, there will be no snowmen in this place. Meanwhile, everybody's fanning themselves, talking about, wait, what, did he just say snowman? Snowman? Like, what are we on? talking about? So apparently, Is we talking about snowman? So you and I have a theory about this. Yes. We have a theory. I think it's a, a dead on theory. No, I, 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 think, I, I think this is where it all roots from. Like, I think this is where it comes from. I think, so apparently, he saw a rap video. Yes. We're thinking it was Young Jeezy. It had to have been. And, uh, cause young snowman. Je- young Jeezy, yeah. Snowman. And then the principal had this idea, is like, wait a minute, I hear. He did an investigation. He investigated, uh, which I don't know. <laughs> I hear that snow is code for a certain narcotic drug that's illegal. You know what? We're banning snow. So apparently it was a riot and kind of surreal, as the as as our follower kind of pointed out, that they get to like the holidays and they're not allowed to you wear holiday no clothing because it has snowman. No ugly sweater parties. I mean, I think no you snowman cake. Good, but <laughs> snowman cake is that a thing? You ever had a snowman cake? I've you, never had a snowman cake. It has the cake. different. So you lay it out. You have the circles. It's flat. Small circle as the bottom. Okay, I've just made a decision. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Snowman cake. No, I've just made a decision. But that was banned. My birthday is in January. You want this? when there's snow. I want I want a young Jeezy cake. A Jeezy cake? <laughs> oh, we doing this. Hey, my sister. You get the Jeezy my, cake. My sister makes cakes. But did I ever tell you my sister she makes these incredible cakes? Does she? She hates cake. She just does it for the good I of feel the, like she's, the community? Either that, well, I know my sister. She's sarcastic, so I'm pretty sure she's taunting. <laughs> like, and, and sort of like, for her, it's an exercise in irony. She's like, like don't you want this cake? Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> you know what? Have this cake. Cake is terrible. I don't like yeah, cake. Yeah, I said it. Cake, I, I see you over there eating cake. <laughs> yeah, you look like a cake eater. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. Ca- oh, cake eater. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a while. Cake eater. Hey, who's your favorite cake eater in your class? No, just kidding. I don't get don't get uh, after us on this. So, Kevin and I haven't spent a lot of time together lately. It's been a minute. It's so we've been in the same building for like yes. the last week and a yes. half. But it's just kind of like racing around trying to get things done. That's it. So I gotta ask you, man. Uh huh. How was your first day? First day for this year 
It was good. Were you it, was, gonna, w- w- it was really You think good. I'd be asking you about last year? That was the first day, two years. <laughs> that Yo, first day? Eight years ago, I killed it. Eight him. years ago? <laughs> I crushed my first No, day. today was good. I felt good. really prepared. I overplanned like I always do. Okay. But on the first day, like, I'm, I'm really, like, I try to be just... Like, well, what do you do? Like, you meet somebody, you introduce themselves yep. to yourself, yep. right? So I didn't go over any classroom policies, procedures. Yep. Guess what? Yep. It still happened. Yep. The kids followed most of They still yeah. demonstrated my expectations. Yeah, it's kind of They get it. Yeah. You know, and uh, so we just, I brought my mystery bag. I put, mystery bag? What's yeah, a mystery so bag? Yeah, so you get a bag and you put things that represent items that represent your life, your interests, your hobbies, your passions. Nice. And then you have the kids guess. What's in your mystery bag? We're going to pause so y'all can write that down. Yeah. Mystery bag. Mystery bag is a great way to introduce yourself. I'm going to go over here because i got to take notes. This is good stuff. Then you have the kids guess what's in your mystery bag. So you, you know, have them look around. And I I told them your guesses can be generic or they can be really specific, right? So it could be you got something related to sports or you got something related to music or like I know you got that. Hey, we're getting an announcement. We're going to pause. Hey, what's really going on? It's Boots Riley. I'm the writer and director of Sorry to Bother You. You are now listening to Two Dope Teachers and a Microphone. Keep it locked right here. No texting. Hey, and we're back. That was uh, real. That was, was real. That was interruption real. So, intercom. Like, we're, we're not sure what our new principal feels about being featured on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, so we let him have his say. Um, so you were talking about the mystery bag. Yeah, so like we, I put all this stuff in, have the kids guess. And then you pull it out, and then you kind of tell yourself. So it's kind of introducing yourself in a more with artifacts, right? With real things from your life. Yeah. So it really kind of gets to this cooler things. You can kind of tell the stories. So I tell kids about places I traveled. Yeah. yeah. And had played some music for them after. I Did you play some music for them? So Tudo Nation, I've been, I've been, po- I've been pushing. Uh, Kev to play like did you play guitar? No, I didn't play I, didn't play, I had some oh, stuff recorded. I had some stuff that oh, okay, I recorded okay, that I've okay. been working on. Okay. But I'll bring it in. I'll probably bring it in and play a little for it. But it's yeah. a whole thing, you know. Yeah, it's always yeah. like So can let me ask you, what's in your mystery bag? So what's in my mystery bag? So I got some books. I got uh my Mao Zedong Little yeah, Red Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Chimanda's We Should All Be Feminist, the yeah, little yeah, like just yeah. short version from yeah. her uh I got my Che Guevara uh Guerrilla Warfare copy okay. that I got in Cuba. So you got I, you got a nerdy mystery. I bag. got some dong so, from I, Vietnam. Okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what they call money in Vietnam. It's a okay. currency. <laughs> I, have a, I have a silly eighth grade no, joke no, no, about the, it. The way you were like gesturing, it, the, like, <laughs> it was bad. It, it looked like a lump of something, and I'm like, <laughs> what soil? I have what? I have like a a, okay. cell, a shell that came. Now from shout the out to me for making myself look completely <laughs> ignorant. You're like, good. You're good. In front of God and everybody. And I got a shell from Elmina okay. from the mine. Okay. Um, I got some Broncos, cuckoo, cuckoo, okay. cuckoo, the the nuts, the kukui nuts, the cuckoo. wait Broncos. Nuts? Yeah, yeah, they're like the Hawaiian nuts that they. Man, that fo- wear. football has changed. Since and so I, I just like someone gave me those. Okay, I got. I put my Nuggets magnet in there. Yeah, yeah, from the yeah, fridge. Yeah, yep. I have uh, my Malcolm X button. Yeah, I have my I love Harlem button. Okay, a picture of my kids. Okay. Uh, I got this caricature that someone drew of me when I was in Cuba. Okay. I got. What else did I have in there? And a little like other hodgepodge oh, type great. of stuff, that's like great. this uh, black, the wisdom of black folks book that I got from my grandma's estate. That was like the one thing that I got, and I got my grandpa's sandals. Nice. So I keep those. So is this, So is this something that um, that your students will do also? At yeah. Some point? So like nice. I, I didn't give out the mystery bags, but that's the next step. Is so you, I give each student a bag. I told them they could put eight things, you know, because I'm an only child. I went overboard. I put way too many in mine. <laughs> you had everything. Because, like, I'm, I, and I didn't even get through all of them. I think I got through, like, five each time, but it gave the kids who I am. So each one of them, I'm going to give them a bag. Yep. They can bring it in. It could be pictures. It could be whatever, you yep. know. Well, it's great they, because it doesn't require them to spend any money. Yeah. Like, it's like, things that they already have. And over the next three weeks or so, everybody will get the chance to share their mystery bag. You know, take the last 15, nice. 10 minutes of class after we wrap up. Share your mystery bag so everybody can see, you know, we have a lot in common, right? I think, like, when we bring it out like that, it's like, oh, this is it. So, like, that's what I try to start out with. You know, tomorrow I said we'll get into some policy, but we're still trying to get to know them. Yeah. So, like, my big thing this year is, like, I have, like, on my slideshow the avatar, I see you, right? Because I want to see them, you know, like they did in Avatar where it's like, I know who you are. 
Like where yeah. you come from, your struggles, your pain, your joy, everything. Yep. You know? Yep. What about you? What did you do? How'd you get uh, so so you you were overplanned? I was <laughs> underplanned. <laughs> Um, it happens sometimes. Like, yeah, and, and it like so. It's like I don't know. I'm having a panic attack while you like describe like this great thing that you oh, did. Because yeah. no, I'm like, no, because it's like I think um, I don't know. I have to plan in a really particular way, and yeah. if I don't do it that way, it, it turns into an exercise in like frustration and adrenaline. Right? Isn't that interesting? How we all have our ways. Like, there's certain ways, certain spaces yeah. I can plan in, certain spaces I can't plan in, yeah. and it has to happen that way to make it like yeah, really and, work. And and I think the difficulty is, you know, I had kind of a busy summer, and yeah. I'm not complaining yeah. at yeah. all. But um, but I was about a week behind on everything, so yeah. I'm feeling like next week <laughs> next I'll be ready week, for this week. I'll be ready for this be week ready. next week. Um, no, so I mean, a lot of it was um, was just an an introductory of some little activities. I do have a sixth grade advisement. Yes. Uh, currently. Yes. And they're incredible. Um, <laughs> they are silly and wonderful and terrified and excited. Yes. And, um, and, and you've it's got just one advisee who's who's definitely you. Man, that kid, you got a problem with the parents. That, you got a problem parent. That kid is on one. Well, the parent doesn't return my text. Like, ever. So communication is very hard with the home. So my son is in my man's <laughs> class this year. I'm so excited. I. I wanted to make sure. Yeah. And I was I was asking I asked my daughter today. I was like, "Where's Takari?" She's like, "What what class is he in it for advisement?" And she's like, "Mujos." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah." I see how it is. I'm good. I see how it is. Your son is wonderful. Um, he came very close to taking the championship and cup. Oh really? Um, <laughs> he likes to. Complain. Well, and he kind of he he got ripped off a little bit Did because he? like. He had advanced, and then some kid who hadn't been playing the entire time decided to play, and he beat the And, like, I feel like it was patently unfair um, to him. But it was a girl of color who won the whole thing, so I can't, That's it. I can't That's complain it. That's too it. much about That's it. it. But they're, they're a great little group, and you really – like, having just seen my own child yeah. go through three years yeah, of yeah, middle yeah. school, I, I just feel like I have a better sense of – what they're thinking about and what they're worried about and the anxieties that they have. The the first session we had advisement twice today, yep, beginning yep, of the day, yep. the end of the day. First session they were all totally quiet yep. and like nervous and all that kind of stuff. By the time they came back, they were laughing, they were enjoying themselves. And I think I, I think this is a good fit. Like, all right, so this is probably gonna make all of you um, you know, sort of school leaders cringe. Yep. I don't want to teach middle schoolers content. <laughs> I, I've said that for a long time. Like, like I don't know what we're doing. And, and, it, and it's one of those things I feel – and this is probably a commentary on my, on my lack of effectiveness as a middle school content teacher. But I do worse when I have to like actually get them to like learn things that are, that are content related. And I, and I think this is – like so one thing I've learned is it's a year 21 for me. Yep, yep. One thing I've 21. learned is I just got a 21. 21. 21. Uh, 21. My career 21. is old enough to drink. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, it. That's it. Um, <laughs> man, that's that's wild to think about. It is. But, but I think one of my limitations is my ability to deliver content um, to middle schoolers. But I think helping them like learn and grow and form community and helping them work on those soft skills I think is just a really important piece. And I'm pretty excited to do that. Um I think that's the most important part about middle school. Uh, no like, doubt. And, and, no and, doubt. Like, do we want them to have these skills? Yeah. But I think if I, the kids who I see that are the most success, successful mm-hmm. are the ones that are like really well adjusted yeah. and like learn to socialize, learn to advocate for themselves. Yep. They aren't always like excellent students in middle school, but they're just yeah. figuring it out. Right. They're figuring well, it out. Yeah. And and it's interesting because I so I've got this sixth grade advisement. I have two sections of ninth grade. Yep. Most of most of most of those students were here with us yep. in middle school. Yep. And one young lady uh, commented to me towards the end of class. She said, "You know, I don't know what it is. Like in middle school, I really just didn't care, and I didn't think it was that important. But this year, I feel like this is really important. And so it's almost like at some point, on some level, we have to actually trust the kids to figure it out at some point, right? Yeah. Like, because because we do. Like we we know these stories where like my last. Like, so two advisements ago, yep. I'm in my fourth generation yep. Yep. of Boogie Down advisements. Yep. So in my advisement group two advisements ago, I remember that in eighth grade, we like fought every single advisement period. We had advisement twice a day. We were arguing over everything and they were being rebellious and I was being a stickler and there were all these other kinds of dynamics. And then went home for the summer. Yeah. Came back in ninth grade, completely different people. 
And I would like to take credit for it. Yep. But some of it is just natural. It's, yeah. Some of it is you're in ninth grade. And shout out to everyone who taught ninth grade academy yep, yep, in Denver yep, Public yep, Schools. Yep, yep. Like, because I think a lot of them came in saying, oh, wait, this is a GPA, which is real. This is credits. This is trying to prepare for the next step, which hopefully is college. Like, all those kinds of things. They get the bigger picture. It's like we don't trust kids to grow. No, I think at times I find myself and I have to tell myself, I, I, we get worried about things, right? Yeah. And we get so worried about the nature and we forget that some of this is just developmental. Yep. And that's why I love about <clears throat> teaching like the eighth grade class that I have this year. I taught them all, most of the students as sixth, In sixth grade. grade. I was going to ask you about that because so, that was a crew that we shared. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, it's so cool to see them now as eighth graders. Yep. And you know, some of these, the silliness, you know, is still there. Yeah, some, it's some not, tendencies are who they are it's for not some kids. radically different. But, but, but you're starting to see it's, things. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and how they get there. And and I think we do spend a lot of time worried about things. One of my favorite lines, Grateful Dead song, Touch of Grey. And the line is, kid can't read. He's 17. The words he knows are all obscene, but it's all right. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, yeah. because I think I was there. It was one yeah. point I know my mom was like, oh, Lord, I don't know what's see, coming I was, for this child. See, I, I was better at just kind of perpetrating, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I was I was better at presenting. <laughs> like, like, like. I think the only skill I really developed in high school that, that has served me to this day is social intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Like, where I just kind of was able to read a room and be like, oh, what kind of, oh, this is a serious room. <laughs> Now, now, Kevin will also tell you that in recent days in PD, I'm not recognizing that distinction as often. I don't know. We're what. trying to bring a joyous environment to PD. We really are. And for the first time, you almost got me in trouble. <laughs> I, know, I know. So there's this narrative that I get Kevin trouble in PD. And that narrative, I mean, it's true uh, for the most part. All right. But the principal was kept on looking over at us like, and and it's funny because the last few years we've had the same principal who like the now first we year who were like I don't they know if looking, they know us I don't know. yeah so I mean we don't he don't know us like that um, no but but so so I'm trying to I'm trying to balance my I don't know I want to call it critical lens but sometimes it's just complaining um, <laughs> with like you know with kind of like knowing what is needed in the school right now. Yeah, you know? no. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see those little changes and even like if if you're lucky enough to be in a smaller school where you have students from year to year, like even my 10th graders who I had as 9th graders last year, it's a little bit different. Yeah, yep. And the 8th graders from last year that I have this year yep. in 9th grade little a bit, bit different. different. Now, I do have one class of 36, yes, which is always. a real kick in the head. Yes. It's like, man, these children are loud. <laughs> so, but it's not so much that they're loud. It's just that there's a lot of them. 36 of them in a room. It's going to be yeah. like, even if they're at voice level two, yep, yep. Like, it's still going to get it's yeah. a little bit 17 kids talking is never going to be the same as Especially if they're energetic. Talking. Especially if they're yeah. excited about something. Yeah. You put something in front of them that gets them going. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, so it's interesting. I, th I think I just kind of taught myself into the day. And a lot of it, like, like someone was asking me this morning, are you ready? I'm like, no, but I'm enthusiastic. That's it. That's <laughs> Let's got to get this going. Hey, enthusiasm um, counts for a lot. In yeah. Life. So, you know, I mean, I think the, I, I think the onus is on me to continue to tighten things up for the next few days. Cause now I got to see him for 90 minutes yep, tomorrow. Yep, yep. Tomorrow's the big day. Got to be ready for that. Be ready to go. Got to be ready for that. Yeah. Um, what do you see as, so you're also in this leadership role again. Yes. Um, yes. So, so you have all 13-year-olds and then a teacher caseload, which it's not that different, is it? Um, you know, <laughs> to, in some ways, you know, there are, is a lot of overlap. Yep. You know, I think we all want to learn what we want to learn and we want to focus on what we want to focus on. But I think the overlap for me, speaking of teaching and learning and the yep. focus, yep. is learning that some of the same things I'm doing to meet the needs of my students yeah. in terms of choice and providing them yep. agency, I've got to do as a leader. Yeah. And I've got to do more of that. And, and and just going around kind of checking on some of the teachers in my caseload today, just seeing some of the cool culturally responsive things that they were doing to really build strong communities, yeah. you know, and really, I think changing my perspective about how I approach leadership this year is a goal um, to, to, to be more empowering to teachers, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think in the past, I felt like maybe it was the environment of the leadership team, but I felt like the emphasis was, th this is what we need to do to help teachers get better. Just like we were like, teachers, yeah. students need to know this, yeah. this, this. Yep. But I'm, I'm feeling more empowered this year to go in and say, what do you want to work on? Where do you want to be yeah. at? What do you want to improve at? And I think that's the root of the work because students, teachers, whoever, mm -hmm. 
we can't stop it when you have your own passion. When you become, yeah. you know, self-actualized and you're like, I know what I got to do. Yeah. I, like, I'm thinking yeah. about this stuff all the time. It's like me and you having this conversation. Um, last week we went to a training. They were talking about CRT or culturally responsive teaching. Yeah, you yeah, made the comment. Yeah. You're like, I'm kind of thinking about this stuff all the time. It's like nothing they can say. And not to say like I'm the elitist know-it-all. Yeah. But like. I can't like I can't not think through a CRT lens. Right, absolutely. You know, yeah. and so that's kind of where I'm at in terms of the leadership stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think that I think that's right, and I think that I, I you know, I served in a teacher leader role for three yep. years, and, yep. and I and I think it was really difficult because at the end, like, so I'm arrogant. And so I, I tend to kind of be like, why don't you want to listen to me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I clearly know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think the big struggle I had was, um, was it was it was like you said, that with, with a big focus on let's make these teachers better, yep. um, it didn't always feel like I was allowing teachers to really like be themselves and to really develop on their own terms. And, you know, I, I think that's a really important leadership point. Um, one of the... One of the things that's interesting to me is, and this is no shade to any evaluator yep, 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 ever yep, had, yep, yep. when they ask me, well, how can I support you? What can I do for you? Like, I don't want to be that veteran that's like, leave me alone. I mean, like, I, but I, I kind of want to. like how much of that, because if we are supposed to be like professionals, right? professionals, I have some judgment, right? Yeah. And like, if I think about sports, like players have coaches. Yep. Antonio Brown has a coach. Yep. Right. I know yep. you're not following it, but there's a little controversy. Sorry, what are you talking about? This talking sport about the... called the National Football League. Oh, like Ooh. soccer. Ooh. Like soccer, football, right? No, uh, 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 football, uh, Norte de Amer Americano. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> so the one where you don't actually use your feet. The, the one where you don't use gotcha, your feet. Gotcha, except the kicker and the punter. But, uh, but uh, speaking of that. No, I saw so, so Antonio Brown in his, in his, his helmet, helmet. He's debating. He wants to wear his old helmet. Right, safety which is wise, not concussion safe. Yes, right. But he's willing to as uh, he's willing to risk his knowledge box, as my granddaddy yeah. used to call it. <laughs> willing to risk that knowledge box. Oh man, I feel like I've heard Antonio speak before. I'm not sure how strong. <laughs> I'm not sure that there's much of a knowledge box there. But uh, <laughs> so you know, but he has coaches, and coaches are like, "Well, it's you know, he's gonna work it out. We're gonna get it worked out." Right. But it, I think about it like teachers, like they're professionals. Yeah. They're expected to know. You know, they expect them to show up at training camp in certain yeah. condition. Yep. Ready to go. Man, you my, fitness, you get a Lamar my teaching Odom. fitness is terrible. You get Lamar Odom. Oh, man, Lamar. <laughs> you remember thing. Oliver Miller? Oliver Miller would, like, show up to Phoenix Suns training camp routinely <laughs> 70 pounds That's overweight. Right. How do you get 70 pounds <laughs> overweight? And you're a professional athlete. But see, but those players know when yeah. I get to camp, yeah. I got to lose it. Yeah. Yep. Right? Because yep. they know well, I was like, didn't, didn't Draymond? Like, Draymond? Draymond went yeah. on a diet, like, <laughs> mid-season. was his playoff weight. Yeah. <laughs> But you, you got to go. And so I yeah. think like when we think about teacher leadership, it's like you're saying, we don't really trust and empower teachers to, no. you know, develop. Well, and I think a lot of us are, are kind of poor at articulating what it is. Like I'm realizing there's a lot that I need. I just don't know if any leader can give it to me, right? Yeah. Um, I need the ability to challenge my thinking. I need I need unlimited resources. And when your enrollment is under is a hundred under, like you're not getting you're like, resources. You're not going to have need. unlimited resources. Um, I need some. I need some sub days to go and attend conferences. That's and right. Further my to own learning. My practice. Like like I think I think that's the interesting thing. So so you to from my perspective and I and I've having evaluated teachers before. Yep. I've seen You've been the on spectrum the, yep, right. Yep. So I, I worked with teachers like you. Yep. Who I just had to sit there and listen Clueless. to all the learning that you are already doing. No, 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 Thank not you. even I close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a lot of crap this year in episode four. By the way, season four, what? pseudo teachers what? in the house. We probably should have done this what? earlier. Um, and uh, so, but, but you, you were always. Every conversation was. Oh, I've been reading this book. I've been studying this. I saw this film. I attended this mm -hmm. presentation. I'm working on these ideas. And then there are others on the spectrum that are kind of like, what, well, this this project, this Columbus project has been working for about the last 35 years. Don't worry, he doesn't listen. Okay, all right. Um, you know, and, and who are so reticent to change yep. anything yep. that they're doing. And and so, so you and I both know that if you don't want to learn, you ain't got to learn. learn. You do not yeah, have to learn. I could show learn. up and I'll do the little, jump yep. through the hoops, we'll have a little meeting. Yep, yep. 
And the kids won't always fight you on it. Like, they they won't like it. No. But, yo, if I got this teacher who's going to let me be on my phone and not engage at all, like, I'm not going to complain I'm about good. it. Because, yeah. like, I know I'm not really learning, but I'm 16. I don't have the best Yeah, judgment. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, know? And we hear that all the time where they're like, oh, this class is my favorite. We didn't do nothing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and you wonder, do they ever get perspective? Yeah. Where they're like, dang, I could have done a lot or, yeah. you know, like. Well, here's what happens. And, and maybe this kind of transitions into the next segment. What happens is that when kids finish their educational experience, whatever level it is, like I, I have my own like new high schooler yep, who's starting, yep, yep. she's starting at her high school tomorrow. Yep, yep. Um, like at every transition, kids tend to blame themselves. They do. If I didn't get the grades in high school to get into the college I was dreaming it of, was I didn't well, work. it's because I didn't work hard enough. I wasn't as smart as the other kids. I could have worked hard. I could have applied myself. Nobody. And it, how long does it take you to come to that perspective? I'm telling you, but it breaks, teachers. but it breaks my heart. Because I hear them say that, and and I've even seen this with students that I know. Like I had a couple of students from last year who yep. were at a, who are at a pathway program yep. now. Um, combined, they're like, "Man, I wish I would have worked harder in your class." I'm sorry I didn't work harder. And I want to say, brothers, I'm sorry that I didn't respect your mind and I didn't respect your potential mm -hmm. enough to try to cultivate it. Yep. I'm sorry that it took me so long to like actually try to find a way to help you be successful. And, and I think that that's the difficulty. Like most, like the kids won't blame us, whether it's, whether no, they won't, whether we could have done something or not, they won't, you know, and it's wild. And like, you know, and that's like, like I loved working with you as a mentor. It's why I've always like admired you as a teacher oh. is because you came, like when I met you, you were doing the work of a critical pedagogist, right? <laughs> like it was like hating everything obvious, that I did. No, but it was. It was beautiful and like you keep it in that and you and you're always grounding it in the teacher actions, right? Yeah. It's like what do we do? How do we help meet the needs of the kids? And you're so thoughtful about it. Like and, and when I work with teachers, like I'm trying to do the same stuff that you allowed me to grow, mm. that helped me grow and, and to leverage that, you know, because I think that's the most powerful thing. When you become a teacher and you are like your strongest critic. Yeah. Like any of my evaluators, whatever I get about like I'm always the strongest critic yeah. of myself. Yeah. I'm like, I know. Yeah. I, I'm like, you gave me props for this, and I don't think it was that good. Yep. yep. You know, and so yep. I think it's that perspective and how um, subjective it all no is. You no know, doubt. and it's and it's so wild, you know, because I've had people be like, oh, you're so loud, or you're this, or this, or this, when you that's do this. That's code, you know. And it's, uh, <laughs> that's why I've been pushing back on it when people, like, I, we were in PD, and so yep. one of my colleagues jokingly was like, I can't concentrate. You're too loud. And I said, it's cultural. I can't concentrate. Y'all are too quiet. We don't do that enough. Yes. We don't say that. No, because, it's true. look, as a person of color, sometimes when I'm sitting in a room and it is dead silent, it's weird to me. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. No, it's super weird. Because in my community, do you remember we, we had, talk? We used to have a teacher in our community that would shush people Shh. in meetings. That was amazing. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, um, so I did a count, bro. Yeah. I think our I think our teaching staff is twenty five percent teachers of color now. We've come a long way. We've come a long so my way. Favorite, We've come a long way. My favorite <laughs> is we have um, we have a woman of color teacher yes. who joined our community. So I'm going to paint you a picture. So we're in a staff gathering, yes, and two hands go up at the same time, right? And uh, one of one of the individuals, so one guy, a white dude, um, turns to our our new friend on staff and says, oh, "I'm sorry, you go ahead." And she said, "Yes, if I was I had first. My head she said, "No, she goes, yes, yes, I, I was, was first. first." And I and I sat there thinking for a second. I don't know if you were first, but. You believe that you were. That's it. Walk like you were first. That's why I love my woman of color. Because, like, look, look, in this day and age, it's like, look. I was you better, first. You better ask somebody. You better recognize. I was here first. I was here first. It was, it was, it was like my single favorite moment of, like, pre-year, of, of the preseason. Hey, 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 he didn't argue. He didn't argue. Because <laughs> you're not going to argue. Because you're not going to argue. Welcome to our world. Now you understand why I don't talk back to my mama. Now you understand. Black woman and, says certain things to you, and she's got and she's got a her, Latina woman says certain and things. And she's got her kids on point. Did when you? they were in the building, they were quiet as little mice. They were even quieter than the actual they, mice that are here. They were. And they were they're perfectly behaved. And I'm like, she's great. My wife's like, you need to be friends with her. Yeah, she's and great. Like, we're she's so great. down. So we're not gonna we're not super shouting people out. Um, but so the first day we got it done. It's done. It's and, done. And, the first, and the beauty is the first day is the second easiest day. As someone told me. This week, easiest day, last day. Last. 
Man, I've had some last days though. <laughs> I've had some last days where I was just like I was. I felt like I was being bled. That I was being bled softly. I know that feeling. Killing me softly <laughs> with his. Anyway, um, oh, you can tell we've been away from the mic for a little bit. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about what our justice focus is justice for focus. the year. We're gonna talk about what the big picture is of what we were doing. So as Boots says, no texting. No texting. Keep it locked right here. That's right. And all my friends who know, they're like, yeah. And even people who don't know, I'm like, they're like, y'all, y'all, y'all need to know. Y'all need, need to, to know. recognize. Sorry to bother you. You need to know about Boots Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, and also related to that, uh, Daina Sili, who we spoke with. Awesome. Um, she will be here in Denver. Yes. We're taking students to hang out with her, and then we're going to go see her show. And we're going to promote um, her show. But go see her show, like, Check no matter her out. what. She's she, bad. She is truly a revolutionary artist, She's inspiring. Bad. She's bad. I've, ever since that, I've been listening to her stuff all summer. Yeah. And it's just Not so my president. good. Uh, so Resiliencia, powerful. like good so stuff. So powerful. So powerful. So we're, we're kicking off. And, and it's and it's interesting because we have a lost episode from the first year. Yes. On uh, Black Lives Matter in yes. school. And we're kicking. I, f- I feel like every August we kick off the same way. All right. Some nonsense went down over the summer. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about it. So how are you thinking about this work in the context of what we're facing? You know, I think after going to the conference on racial and social justice, the NEA conference, and then given the events of the summer, the president's uh, rhetoric, you know, um, El Paso, Dayton, Dayton, all of the events, all of Gilroy, all of this stuff that I'm seeing (laughs) has, has put, has, has told me that it is critical that I'm addressing racial and social justice every day, but attacking white supremacy yeah. to the best of my ability as a black man, and which is very dangerous, as you know, as we've seen in yeah. Black Klansmen. Yeah. So this is where we need our co-conspirators, yeah. right? Because yep. uh, just like Adam Driver in that movie was the co-conspirator, <laughs> That's right? He was. You know, he <laughs> went in. I, but 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 the truth is, is like we are at a critical juncture, and I was, you know, I don't really get nervous about stuff. I'm not the type of person that lives in fear. I don't right. want to live in fear. Right. But some of this stuff, you know, I had some thoughts after El Paso. It's like, wait a minute, you know, we go to Walmart, and my neighborhood is predominantly people of color. Yeah. You know, I I go places. You know, in, in my community where people of color are just hanging out. I think yeah. about like the Black Arts Festival yeah. or Cinco de Mayo yep. or, or any of our other yep. cultural celebrations yep. that we have or in pride. this community. Pride. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I it just, it worries me that we have a handful. I don't think it's a lot of people that are willing to go out and act, but more and more people. And the way it ties into our policies about guns. Yeah. And, and it's just telling me that I really want to work to support my students. Yeah. Yeah, and, and help them through this and work through. And pro- since we're at a school predominantly of Latinx kids, mm-hmm. students of color, you know, I'm committed to to meet them where they are yeah. and their struggle, right? And let them know. And even today, talking about like, I hear where you're coming from, and I know, and just not to heap it on them because we know as kids <laughs> of color, we get that where it's like, look, the world is coming for you. Yeah, you're a target, yeah. you know. And I don't want to heap that on them because I've right. had that heaped on me, but. Helping them just see that I see where they're coming from. Yeah. So talking to them about like I know you got commitments. Yeah. I know you got to take care of your cousins, your brothers, your sisters. I know some of y'all got to go eighth grade. Y'all are looking for jobs. Yeah, y'all got to work. You know, and yeah. I'm working for y'all to make sure that I understand that you have more than this. Yeah, right. And I think that other part is like I don't want my kids in fear. Yeah, I don't want their parents in fear. Yeah, I want them to know that they can organize and and find ways to kind of deal with all of this. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and I agree with that. Like, I think that I think when people are asking me, so so I I was on the news. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, shout out to Byron for shooting that that piece with with those of us who were on it. Um, and I think the thing for me that. I'm feeling just more of a sense of anger and frustration than anything else. I'm not feeling fear mm-hmm. um, for a, a male of color to know that there are literally people out there who would like to shoot us dead. Like, that's not a new realization in my life. And if anything, our our, um, our co-conspirators 
um, and would-be allies need to hear that. Yep. That this that this is not an academic exercise. This is this is real. Um, people want to kill us. Um, so one thing, and we tweeted this out um, a couple weeks ago. One thing that I think we need to move past is moving past the teachable moment. So right. like you know, I remember um, like when. I'm, I'm trying to think of when the last... So so the election of 2000, yes, right? Yes. When there was all the recounts, the Supreme Court decided the yes. election, all that Chads, kind of stuff. Hanging Chads. Hanging Chads. Chads. That's right. Dimple all the Chads. Chads. All the Chads. All the Chads. If Not you, Chad. Chads had voted Not for White Claw Bush, Chad. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. White Claw Chad. Oh, wow. He's Chad. Yes. He drinks White Claws. Yep, yep. No, I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with that. Um, it's interesting. Uh, that was a teachable moment, right? Yeah. So those of us who are teaching civics... Um, now I, I, I'm not going to say how I voted in that election. I did, definitely did not vote for the GOP, yes. but like, yes. but that was I was sort of torn between two feelings. One feeling that, oh my God, we're going to get a president that we don't want. Yep. But the other feeling was kind of excitement. I'm like, there are so many kids who want to know how the electoral college actually works. So this is a great teachable moment, right? Yes. <laughs> this is not a teachable moment. That was a teachable moment. Yeah. You could use examples about yep. the electoral college. You can say, hey, so here's why they came up with it. Let's talk about hypothetically the electoral college, that kind of thing. There, there's no hypothetical in this situation. So right? so it's not a okay, teachable we're back to this. So it's not a teachable moment. No. So so if it's not a teachable moment, is a moment that we just ignore? Nope. Um, oh, okay. And some people will. Yep. And that that's one thing that was interesting standing in front of my um, my fifty two eighty class. Uh, this is uh, shout out to Solicia and Katie. Uh, all the great work that that you're doing in student voice and leadership, um, that I never thought 21 years ago when I started teaching, when the implicit, like no one would ever tell you not to teach about controversial issues. Yep. But there was like union contract language about how to uh, yep. how to address it. There were standards on how to address controversial That's issues. Right. But the implicit message was avoid these. Yes. Because you're not going to change the world. That's right. Um, you have to you have to teach all the R's, right? <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, you know, do that kind of thing. Yep, yep. And now I'm standing in front of a class talking about like this is a class on so on the community organizing. That's right. And so we're not at a teachable moment. We're in an organizing moment. We're at a moment where you know, we're feeling some kind of way, but our students are, they're feeling very powerless um, to stand up against yep. all these different dynamics. Yep. So this is this is when we need to be organizing and we need to be planning that stake, planning that flag and saying this is where we are going to draw the line. This is what our education is for. Our education is for the salvation of democracy. That's right. And so like we've been talking to, you know, at the beginning of the year, the district is pushing and they've switched it up. They used to say college and career readiness. Yeah. Now they're evolving where they say career and college readiness. Okay. But I have some real questions. So I just switch the word. Yeah, order. yeah, okay. yeah. So everybody doesn't have to go to college. Everybody's well, you know, they work did, in a career. You know, they did give us a big raise. So yes. That, so that's you know that's yes. about what they could be expected but so, to do. So my bigger picture, and you know, and I think this is my philosophical question about as an educator is, what am I teaching for? Is it for career and college readiness? Yeah. Which I think is capitalist education. Yep. Right. Or am I teaching to transgress? Yeah. Am I teaching to help people develop the tools to liberate themselves yeah. from their oppressive situations yeah. that they're in? Yeah. My goal, I think, the more and more I teach, is I want to teach to transgress. I don't yeah. want to teach to replicate the systems of oppression that already exist. So yeah. like you've always said, disrupting. Yeah. Right? Disrupting those systems. But I think, like, I almost think that, and, and this is where I come to some big questions philosophically about my role in public education mm -hmm. or the traditional public educational setting is, are my goals the same? Yeah. Like, am, am, am I starting to think so radically different? Because like when I think about a kid coming out educated, it's they know how to organize. Yeah. They know how to, to stand up. They know their rights. Yep. They know the things that they can do. They know how to push against the system. Yep. They know how to leverage their uh, community's power yep. in ways that it's so like it's like if we teach kids to strike, if we teach kids, you know, chaos, create, create havoc. Yep. around all over our system, right? Yeah. If we yeah. teach them that, I mean, that's radically different yep. than what they're teaching there because they're teaching you to be a cog. Yep. Grow up, get a job, yep. don't rock the boat. When I teach AP World History, we always do a, a segment on how the how the public school system was a, was a product of industrial capitalism and 
there are so many practices we engage in right now that fortify industrial capitalism. And, you know, and, and I'm not even going to get into a discussion with anybody about, you know, whether capitalism is good or bad, whether there's ever been a viable alternative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the fact of the matter is that capitalism demands a type of participation and engagement. And, and I would say that most people there, do you remember that IBM commercial from back in the day where they're talking about like fulfilling your dreams? I don't know why IBM yeah, is talking yeah, about this. Yeah. And they have this little dude, little African-American dude wearing glasses and a tie. And he's like seven. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to be a yes man. And they're talking yeah, about right. it's all these little kids. Yes, that, like yeah. one dude says, I want to be stuck in middle management and then be forced into an early retirement. That's right. Nobody sets up their life to do the things that we end up subjecting ourselves to. And it, which kind of, so I've been in this job long enough and I don't know, my wife thinks I haven't been challenged enough <laughs> in my thinking. This is where I'm like going. I'm just causing yes, arguments yes, with myself. Yes. Um, I'm, be, I, I'm thinking past a pedagogy of disruption. I'm thinking past a pedagogy of liberation. I'm thinking about a pedagogy of abolition because I really think that, like I got into it with one of our guys on staff, mm -hmm. like a little bit of, of a debate when mm -hmm. they were talking about, we really need to fix the system. I'm like, what's wrong with the system? The system works exactly the way it's supposed it's to. Intended. There is nothing wrong with the system. Just, the system might be wrong, but the system is doing everything that it was designed to it's do. It's going to decide who's going to be what, what do I keep saying? This is not a bug. It's a feature, right? So the change that we want to see may only come with an abolition of the public school system as we know it. I mean, and that's Which is not question. to say that we don't have schools. And that's, and that's the question because public schools in the United States were radical. I just say, yeah. we're going to educate people. Yeah. Like when it first started, that was a radical yep, yep. idea. Everybody's going to go to school. But then it said- A hundred years ago, but, the graduation rate was like 10%. But education became it becomes this bigger thing because if we really think about it philosophically, what are we talking about? Yeah. Right? When Thomas Jefferson creates the University of Virginia yep. and all of his problematic nature, and I know Thomas yep. Jefferson, I get- I was just going to say- All of his problematic yeah. nature. Yeah. But he does, you know, he's this contradictory dude who's like as as all of yeah, us as are. all of us are, right, but, right. But he creates this school, and he and it, his belief is people should be farmers should study philosophy, yeah, yeah. should study government, yeah, should study great society. Yeah. I mean, enslaved people, not enslaved so much. Enslaved people, well, but, his boy no, Benjamin Vanderkam was, was over there being yeah. like Tom, Tom. I'm gonna take this education. You tripping? You tripping, Tom? You tripping? But, um, but yeah. and then I think what we realize is is when we really teach people like that, <laughs> when you really educate someone like that, yeah, yeah. you get to the question that the Greek philosophy, you know, that they get to. It's yeah. like No, that, that's right. Who who controls yeah. the knowledge? Yeah. Why are you in charge? Yeah, exactly. Hold on. So I I've been reading some philosophy and that says I should not be in chains. <laughs> right? A man is born free. Um that I, mean, I read this declaration of I really yeah, like what you've I, written. It really resonates with me. And Frederick I, Douglass was like, hold up. Hold, Frederick Douglass is like, I can't wait. You can't, can't wait. wait. Fred, Fred Frederick Douglass like, he was like self. Bart Scott. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> no, and I remember and, and not to denigrate like the idea of education, yeah. of public education in general. Um, I remember Professor uh, Malika McKee Culpepper at DU when I was in grad school yep. there saying, you know, at the at the end of the day, like one thing we can't lose sight of is the fact that American education is probably the most optimistic education system in it the is. world. It had the audacity when nobody else had that audacity to say, no, actually, we think everybody needs to get educated at least to the age of 18. Um, we've not been able to say Just that everyone gets an education beyond that. Yep. But to, to say that at, at the time that it happened, now, now most school, most countries are doing a better job yep, of yep, this yes, now. Yes. But, but back when it started, it was incredibly optimistic to say everybody should get an education. But the question is, you know, when these early systems were bankrolled by industrial capitalists who wanted to create a a farm system of laborers to have laborers um, ready. Yep, because you want to burn through laborers and you want to be able to just churn and burn, forget unions, forget all That's that right. kind of stuff. Um, then we do come down, like, I think all this stuff gets revealed. The, it's, what's the, um, what, what's the Lupe Fiasco, uh, lyric? The, the grave gets deeper, the deeper you dig down. That's right. And so as you kind of get down to the root of it, well, what is education for? What has education been for? You end up with a system that alienates and reifies. That's it. That's it. Somebody like, uh, Jeffrey Duncan Andrade always says, and like you said, the system works. Somebody's got to be the boss. Yep. Then somebody's got to be a worker. Yep. Right? And that's what it is. Some that's people got to struggle. 
Some people got to be poor. Why? Why are you there? Yep. You're the worker. Yep. You, that's that's what you did. Why? In an a grade, you didn't work hard enough in school. Exactly. Goes back well, to and your parents. But even point. in school, like an A grade means nothing if everybody gets an A. Like we have this, we have this, we have this kind of like laissez-faire attitude about grades, saying, well, only. Three kids got an A in this class, but that's what makes A's worth For, what, worth the something. The bell curve. I had a, a we, we treat it like we treat it like it's we treat it like it's a finite resource. Yeah. That like, well, I can only give out three A's. I had a teacher who's like, people talk about the bell curve. They're like, if, if it's perfect, you should have that bell curve. And the teacher pointed out, he was like, which given the system, that is means true. you're doing nothing. Yeah, right. That means you're doing nothing. <laughs> that was there when they. If you understand it, that was there when they came in. I mean, so so that's what we're getting at, right? That like. We're, we're in an era when success within in the system means a wholesale replication of the system. And, like, sure, the people who are successful are cool with it, you know. But meanwhile, you know, and, and we're on notice. Our, our school's on, on shaky ground right. right now. Yep. And these conversations about school closures and all those kinds of things are at least coming to life in my mind. Yep, yep. And, um, and coming back to Dr. Ewing's yep. work about Chicago, yep. Yep. it's just absolutely critical. You know, and I think about also like this um, idea that oh, – now it's going to slip out of my head. Oh, God. Keep come it back. Come, come back, idea. Stand on your ear. That'll keep it. Thank you. That'll keep it. Oh, what was it? Uh, it's going to come back to me. We were talking about it. I forgot, people. Oh, man. It's going to come gone. back. It's going to come back. So we've got a few minutes left. Yeah. So we want to leave everybody feeling like sort of encouraged yes. that, that things can happen. Um, so let's talk about what it means to have a justice focus yeah. in your work this year. Knowing, despite the fact that a lot of y'all teachers work so hard, yep. you really want to make yourself do everything for everybody. That's it's right. not possible. Um, so it's about identifying that focus. That's right. Where are you at on that On that kind of way well, of thinking? Well, you know, I think I think it's critical, and I want to push. And so, like, we came back from Houston. We were talking about trying to organize a Know Your Rights training. Yep. So I want to push on that. <laughs> I want to push, like, in my GSL, my global service learning class this year. I've In the past, I focused more on last year, more on global issues. I want to focus on the issues that are of direct concern yep. to my kids yep. right now that they're facing, that they are dealing with, the oppression that they face. And yep. so uh, starting to name it, like you said you did in your class today, yeah. Yeah. Is, is we're talking about white supremacy. Well, yeah, and, and it's we're, interesting because I felt like I made a breakthrough by actually putting the words white supremacy on a PowerPoint slide in front of my students. There's there's people in this district who have been doing that for years. Yep, you yeah. know? and I think it's critical. Yep. I think if we really want to address this and say what are we talking about, we're talking about white supremacy. We really are. That this is this is the issue, and 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 I'm sorry if people like the president are upset that they're called racist. Yeah. I'm sorry if Stephen Miller gets upset when people call his <laughs> yeah. policies racist. Stephen Miller gets upset I'm, if, I'm, if I'm, his coffee's too dark. I'm sorry that white people are offended. Yeah. Because people of color are expressing their pain, their yep. suffering, their experience, yep. and I'm sorry if you can't relate to it. And when he says he's sorry, he's not really sorry. I'm not a sorry, not sorry. Sorry, to not sorry. my girl Demi Lovato. That's sorry, right. Sorry, not. Not sorry. <laughs> okay? So, thank you for clarifying no, that. No, yeah. I just want to make sure but, people but know. But it goes to this bigger picture of like, look, we got to call it what it is. And, and we are in a school of predominantly kids of color. And mm-hmm. if I wasn't, that's I said every, we ought to bang on white every... supremacy. White supremacy is white people's problem. Yeah. Right. No, that's their the, problem. I mean, it's... It, it's, it's it's not positive in their true. community. It impacts it really us. Isn't. It really isn't. But it hurts them. Well, it and harms I th- them. And I also think that... Um, I think that... it Just like I think patriarchy um, victimizes men as that's well. That's right. Not... Not in the same immediate way and no. not in the same destructive way, no. but these constructions of what it means to be manly, um, they have an adverse effect on men too. So we have to stop acting like like white folks got to stop acting like they benefit from white supremacy in some way because they don't. That's right. If anything, it defines whiteness so narrowly that you're either with them or against them, right? Yep. And, and you're made to feel like a race traitor if you dare to speak in solidarity with communities of color and marginalized people. That's right. That's right. And coming from this perspective that, look, I love that you said that they need to understand that they don't benefit from it. Yeah. So I always think of um, uh, the Bob Dylan song, Bullet from the Back of the Bus, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is about Medgar Evers. Yeah. And he, 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 had, he goes Dylan. through it. And he talks about how the rich white people yep. were telling poor white people, you should hate Medgar Evers. You should fight with him. You're better than him because you're born with white skin. Yep. Some And not realizing yep. you're caught in the same yep. exact system. And we've system. got a president who's making the same sort of fear-mongering comments. That's and right. Then, and then wonders why people argue that he contributes to racism. 
It's an incredible thing. So um, I got to get my kid to soccer. Yes. Because you got to do some driving. Got to do some driving across this wonderful city. I get to see (laughs) all of Denver, east to west, all the construction, south, all all across the area, all the one lane roads. What's the uh, what's in in the the um, the black? Was it the Black and Both Sides album where where most deaths like east west, north south, south. all all across the continent, Europe, (laughs) all abroad, (laughs) internationally. That's right. That's where we'll be going. That's it. Um, Everywhere. So remember, like, not a teachable moment. (laughs) Yep. Destroy white supremacy. That's it. And um and work in small ways to disrupt everything that is happening. I think so. And I think that's if we want to be educators for social justice, for racial justice. Yep. I, mean, I think it's time. Like we have all these other people who are pushing the other side. No, I mean, yeah, and, yeah, really. and, like educators for capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Free yeah. markets. Yeah. Support free markets. Oh my God. And which are not the same. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like an amazing thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like let's if we're going to use market like rhetoric let's talk about a marketplace of ideas let's talk about like the ideas that really matter and because when it comes down to it people despite the nonsense and the terrible things that have happened in in recent weeks and months i i still i still see data that suggests that people are still on the side of justice yep we just gotta we just gotta raise our we just gotta keep pushing you know like the dead presses we gotta bang on the system Hey, so you can find us on social media at Two Dope Teachers on Twitter, at Two Dope Teachers on Instagram. We actually post on Facebook sometimes. Do we? Uh, two Dope Teachers. We do sometimes. Um, you can also email us, Two Dope Teachers at gmail.com. If you will be attending a theater educators conference in the next couple of weeks, uh, please come to our session on cultural responsiveness yes. in the theater arts. Yes. Looking forward to it. Wait, we're doing that, right? We're doing that. Okay, I just want to make in. sure. I'm in. Yeah, we in. And uh, we're looking in. forward to being a part of that. Um, that's something I still yeah, need to we do. Yeah, we got to figure out a money. That sub. Put in that sub. Put in that sub. Um, and uh, just look for us uh, as we kind of get out there. If you haven't, if you're a little bit behind, get on our some revolutionary summer mixtape. It's dope. Nine tracks with dope, dope people amazing, doing incredible work. Amazing organizers and activists. Yeah, and it just work. has us like really fired up about what we're doing. And um, yo, do a Black Lives Matter in school week. That's we that's gonna be first about week that's of February. Do a Know Your Rights training. Do something around pride. Like yep. listen to your students and try to create an environment that is disruptive to the status quo. That's right. Yeah. That's right. For Kevin Adams, I am Gerardo Munoz. We congratulate you on your first day of school. Yes. We send great wishes out to those of y'all who have yet to see students for the first time That's in the right. year looking at y'all elementary teachers. They're coming. And, um, and those of you who've been in it for a little while, like we just keep that momentum going. Yep. Um, and the only way to do that is to always and forever stay, stay dope. dope.